Hey there, I'm Craig Hemingway, Communications Manager for the City of Moose Jaw, and welcome to the Notorious Jawcast, the official podcast of the City of Moose Jaw, Canada's most notorious city. Coming up in this episode, Budget 2019 got passed. What does that mean to you? What does it mean for enhancements within the City of Moose Jaw? Our City Manager, Jim Pufalt, will explain. Plus, a pair of parks in Moose Jaw could be renamed, but we need your input before that happens. How do you provide that input? We'll tell you. But first off, a reminder that this is a very, very uh, big time in the city of Moose Jaw as we welcome the Deputy Mayor of Store Elvdal, Norway, Linda Otnes Henriksen for the International Moose Summit. The world's largest moose statue, currently at any rate, resides near Linda's community. And as you likely know, since January, much has been made locally, nationally, internationally about whether our moose, Mac, should be made the world's largest once again, as he was until 2015 when the Norwegians purposefully built theirs bigger. So Linda, traveling to Moose Jaw to see the sights, see Mac, and talk with us and our mayor, Fraser Tolmey, about potential partnerships between our communities and countries. Really exciting. And of course, while here, Ms. Henriksen will get the true Moose Jaw experience, tunnels, tour, Warriors game, 15-wing tour, shopping, and a whole lot more. And we're really excited about the warm welcome we know she's going to receive. So watch local media over the next little while uh, for more details on uh, Linda's adventures here in the city of Moose Jaw. And you can follow the city of Moose Jaw on Facebook and Twitter as well uh, for some of that fun. Now, onto the budget. Budget 2019, approved by Moose Jaw City Council on February 25th. Uh, for this year, 3.01 property tax increase, about $42 per year for the average homeowner. What's in the budget that matters to you? Let's find out with the City of Moose Jaw City Manager, Jim Pufalt. He started last May, and this is his first budget process here in Moose Jaw. So first, Jim, give us a quick synopsis of what you thought about uh, the whole process here in Moose Jaw. Well, certainly glad to be done. It's been a long process. As you know, uh, we started doing the work on the budget I think it was last June or May, and in fact, even before I got here, I know that finance and, and the management team had talked to council about expectations for budget, looking at the priority-based budgeting. So there was a lot of work done before I got here. And so it just seems that since I've been here, all we've been doing is budget. And so this is our day off, and then tomorrow we'll get back at doing more budget and making sure we actually implement what we're doing. So pretty excited to get the budget done. It's you know quite a bit past what I'm used to. Um, uh, I've worked really hard in other communities to have the budget done by Christmas because, you know, in essence, we've lost kind of a couple months that we could have been doing some work, uh, you know, on budget stuff. And obviously, we're, we're, we always got lots of work to do, but, you know, we lose two months in planning. And so, to me, I think that we need to find a way to get the budget done by Christmas next year. And certainly, we're going to sit down with uh, the management team and with council and just have a chat about, you know, expectations for the budget going forward because, Again, we've got this one done, we've got a lot of work to do, but we always have to be planning for the future and finding a way to get the budget done by Christmas is really huge, I think, for a community because um, that gives you an extra two months to get at things in January. I think it expedites the process. As you know, we had to, uh, we went back to council in January to get some approval for tenders before budget was done. Again, if we can get that before Christmas, get our cycle to be completed by Christmas, then you know, we're putting those tenders out as a matter of course and not as a special request. So I think it expedites the process. It makes us faster, stronger, quicker. 
and uh, we can get things out the door faster, which is, you know, we have a very short construction season in Saskatchewan, so the more time we have to get this out there, the better. And the tender process itself, I mean, getting it done earlier, uh, are there potential cost savings in that too? Besides the time savings, are there potential cost savings to that? Yeah, I've seen in my career that the later you are in the year, the generally you're going to pay somewhat of a premium, unless the economy is really slow and there's not a whole bunch of work to be done and people are looking. But otherwise, you know, when you looked at 2007, if you didn't get your tenders out early in the year, you were paying a premium to get any work done because people were, their, their, their season was filled up quickly. And then if you wanted to get in there, you started to pay premium. So Again, that's all a part of a benefit of a budget cycle that gets you out early in the year. You're getting your tenders out early in the year. Contractors are not full up yet, and they're willing to take a look and uh, you know get better prices. And there's no guarantee of anything, but there's a better chance of getting better pricing if we're out earlier in the year. 3.01% property tax increase for, for 2019. Within that increase, uh, several enhancements uh, that the City of Moose Jaw residents will see across a number of different departments. I guess let's touch on uh, a few of those right now. Um, one new position added to the City of Moose Jaw that uh, I know you see a lot of benefit in, the additional in-house legal counsel. Can you uh, go into uh, where we're going to see the benefits from that? Well, just just to clarify, the, the, the in-house legal counsel is the only position new that's located at City Hall. Um, as people may recall, as we worked through the budget, there was a couple of other initiatives that was putting frontline people on the on the job, and that is uh, the, the snow removal policy. We talked about additional frontline staff, equipment operators, and people able to have a better response to snow removal. And the second one was we want to move towards having our own construction crew to deal with a lot of the issues that we, you know, when we get into construction season, the contractors are taking the water main programs and going, um, but we have a backlog of repairs that need to be done. And so we need to get another crew in hand so that we're able to do that. So uh, with some creative, innovative thought processing and, and making better use of our existing resources, we believe and plan to uh, uh, hire a construction crew on water and sewer and uh, bring that back to council by the end of March for a you know, better better look on the business case for it. But really the plan is to hire more frontline people and we need one person in City Hall and the legal position is the one. When I came first came, um, you know, I sat down with all the directors and we looked and council and we looked at what are the major issues that we're facing each department and facing council as a whole. And some of it was, you know, inconsistent on in how we do some some items. Some contracts are being approved by legal counsel, some aren't. Some tenders are going out with an out a second set of, look, a set of eyes on it. And I think that a lot of times that puts us in a risk position because we are not doing our due diligence before items are going out the door. Um, and so I think the legal position has a lot of benefit to the organization as a whole. It allows engineering, it also allows our people to focus in on their core core duties and not try and be a lawyer or a person that puts out tenders. I mean, they can focus on looking after service to the public and let, you know, the overhead, the overhead positions at City Hall deal with some of those routine issues that, you know, rather than a city engineer taking the whole time looking at a contract uh, uh, contract verbiage, they can look at the specifications and pass it off to another person to get the actual tenders out. And so that's what a legal position will allow us to do to some degree. It will make us better at what we're doing right now. Um, it'll also take advantage of in-house counsel. Again, we can drop some of our costing because right now we contract out some specialized human or legal services. 
And what we're able to do is then, if we have that expertise in-house, we can do a lot of that prep work beforehand and not have to pay an external counsel to do that. Um, and, you know, quite honestly, we were doing a lot of land deals. Uh, as you know, we're very, uh, very active in economic development. That requires a lot of agreements to be reviewed and looked at and make sure that uh, the city's best interests are covered. And that's also an area where funding would come from because, I mean, if we don't have in-house legal counsel, we have to farm that out. That's going to cost us money. So, again, it helps us across the board. It fits gaps that we had in service in a lot of departments, including human resources. And, again, the only over, overhead position that we've actually put back into, into the facility, into City Hall, because it provides service across the board fills in a lot of gaps, takes away risks that we are facing right now. And, and, you know, quite honestly, we're not doing due diligence on some issues, and that's what this position will help us do. New technology uh, in the 2019 operating budget. Approval for a request for service app. Our residents will be able to, through the app, uh, take a picture of a pothole. If there was any, if there if there were if there just happened to be a pothole if somewhere, there was, if there was somewhere. just hypothetically, if there was a pothole, you could take a picture with your phone, uh, and then on, on your request for service app, and then that would uh, be sent directly to the city hall to the people who uh, can do something about that pothole if it exists, and 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 follow it up uh, quickly, and you as resident will be able to track then that request as well. This seems to be a, a huge advancement and one that I know a lot of people are excited about. We are very excited about it. We've been operating a, uh, a DOS-based or an access-based database of requests for services coming in. And so, again, that requires a lot of manual time to manage those requests, make sure they're tracked, make sure we're not missing something um, as we go through. So there's a lot of manual activity required to, to follow the request for service. With the app, as you said, if people see uh, such a thing as a pothole, they can take a picture of it, send it to City Hall, basically, and in essence, that can we can will establish work orders in house at City Hall that says a pothole gets referred to this crew, and so that that request goes directly to the proper crew. It gets put into a work order, and then the work gets done, and the uh, foreman or the the lead person then is able to click off that the work is done. Then we can send an email back to people saying, hey, we got it, the work has been done, thanks so much. So we think it's a really great way for one, for the community to help us and, and have more sets of eyes out in the community because again, we have miles and miles of roads. We can't have people everywhere all the time and we appreciate when people see potholes or something that needs to be done that they can send us to us and then we can put it on our list of work to get done. So really it helps the community able to get to us in a quicker time fashion and. It allows us through technology to be able to respond to people, to tell them that we've got something, we've got your request, it's been referred to this department, it's going to be done here, and then when it's finally done, we can pass that back out to people. And that can all be done, quite honestly, without you know a, a person having to manage that data because it gets to the point that the lead hand has to sign off on the, on the, on the work that is done, and then when you sign off, the notices go out. So... I mean, it really reduces the amount of uh, people time we have to put into a request for a service. That, of course, allows us to handle the stuff that, you know, you need people to do that technology can't do for you. The thought process, the analyzing of what the, the request is. So, again, technology is a wonderful thing if we use it to our benefit. And this is one and that will do that. And we thank council. Council was the one that said, you know, we need to do uh, find a better way to respond to people to... Uh, 
to give them opportunities to to correspond with the city to communicate and then get back to people so thank council for that and we found a great program and so we're looking forward to implementing that because i think it's going to be you know really good for the community and good for us because again we can expedite and be better at what we do Speaking of technology, uh, related to the app somewhat, uh, the city of Moose Jaw will have a, a new look website uh, in 2019. That was part of uh, the equipment reserve budget that was uh, passed by city council as part of this. So, uh, Jim, we're looking forward to having a, a fresh look to our uh, homepage, moosejaw.ca, this year. Well, I'm sure it's going to be notoriously good. <laughs> and we want to move it into make sure that it supports our long term strategic planning, our long term branding. There might be a moose on it, it's hard to say. <laughs> Um, but it's important, again, to take that up to the next step. We've done some work on frequently asked questions. We want to help people find ways to communicate with City Hall and to the city generally uh, in the easiest fashion, 24 hours a day, 365 days a year. And this is what this new website should allow us to do. People will be able to go on and, and find you know, the regular data that they really want, they need for day-to-day -day operations, or if they have a question with the city, they'll be able to find that data They'll be able to self-direct their request to some degree because we have a, you know, hundreds of pages of frequently asked questions that people, if they'll ask a question on the website, it's bound to show up somewhere sooner or later. And so you can either get their answer or they'll know the correct department to call or who they have to talk to. So it helps people, again, communicate with the city. It brings our website into um, you know, more of... Uh, the what we want it to be for community, for economic development, for branding. And so, you know, it's going to be, I think it's going to be totally cool. It's going to link into Mosaic Place to the, think the cool things we're doing there. And, uh, you know, we're going to be, again, one of the leaders in the, in the province and probably in the country on how we communicate with people and take advantage and use technology to help us be better at what we do. City of Moose Jaw City Manager Jim Pufalt speaking about the 2019 budget, which was passed on February 25th. We'll have more on uh, the budget coming up in a few moments. We'll talk about some of the other enhancements that were in the budget and uh, maybe some ideas about future cast iron water main replacement and how to do that. Right now, let's move to the potential renaming of two parks in Moose Jaw. And we need your input about what could or could not happen. Tell us more about that as Recreation Services Manager for the city, Scott Osmachenko. Scott, thanks for coming on. No problem. Thanks for having me. So uh, what we're talking about now are uh, a couple of recommendations that have been put forward to rename uh, a pair of parks here in Moose Jaw. And I guess before we get to those recommendations and those parks, if you could explain for us, I guess, firstly, what is the process to have something like this done? Because I have to believe this happens not a lot, but from time to time. Correct, yeah. So you'll notice that uh, there was a park, Clark Gillies was renamed a couple of years ago. Um, Happy Valley's Garden was renamed last year. So there is a process if the citizens or groups in Moose Jaw want to rename a park based on specific criteria, based on history or someone's legacy. We have a lot of legacy items like the Bird Hunt Arena, Wally Boshuck Arena. So we really take pride in, in the local residents and what they've done here in Moose Jaw. So that process, you send a, a recommendation to Parks and Recreation. That goes to our uh, wonderful volunteers with the Parks and Recreation Advisory Committee. They then have a subcommittee that looks at the, the outlines, looks at the policy, and then they make a recommendation um, what the name could be. Uh, to the Parks and Recreation Advisory Council, who then makes a final recommendation to City Council for final approval. 
So it is a little bit of a, um, a process. To, uh, it engages a lot of volunteers, a lot of community consultation, and ultimately it is a decision of council. Right, and you referenced the, the naming policy we do have, which says in part, parks and facilities may be named for groups or individuals that have made a significant contribution to community development. And there's a lot more in there, and of course, we'll, uh, we'll have all that online for you to find. Right. So now that we've explained a bit of the process, uh, now can you explain to us the recommendations that have been made that the committee is now going to review. For sure. So we have two uh, two exciting uh, recommendations. One is with the Moose Jaw Wild Animal Park. So the South Hill Community Association, in consultation with a lot of other members in, in Moose Jaw, and including one special high school student, Kaylee Olson, did a presentation. And they um, want to, re they've recommended to rename the Wild Animal Park called Tatawa Park. And what that is, is it's a Cree word that means there is room, you are welcome. So they did a, an excellent presentation on the history, the the Aboriginal participation, the Métis participation, how Waccamaw, or sorry, how the Wild Animal Park, um, part of Waccamaw Valley, has been instrumental in the history of Moose Jaw, and they just wanted to give it a special name since the Wild Animal Park closed back in 1995. So um, looking for to rename, and then maybe we'll see what the future holds. But step one is just to rename it Tatwa. Right, and the second has to do with uh, an historic sports field in Moose Jaw. Correct, yes. So the other one, um, so Memorial Field, home to uh, you know men's fastball, uh, ladies' slow pitch, a lot of events throughout the years. Um, so Memorial Field's been around for quite a few years, but we've had one individual who's been there for 27 years, Mr. Lyle Helland, who uh, passed away last summer. And we have a recommendation to rename that park Lyle Helland Field. So um, the committee um, really felt he's been a valuable member of that. Uh, he's kept that field around for so long, and they just really felt that we would name that ballpark the Lyle Helland Field field so yeah. that's the two recommendations to make he took over those operations i believe 1991 right and and, and every summer since then right through uh last summer of course again as you mentioned he passed away uh, a handful of months ago but mm -hmm. right up until i mean he the passion he showed uh, was quite something yeah. and it was it was such more than just a ballpark to him you know he had the concession you know he even people had their weddings there you know the it used to be a football field to practice there. So many summers, so much commitment. Um, in the summertime, anyone that knows Lyle, he was at the rink all winter long, but in the summertime, he was definitely at Memorial Field. So, uh, you know, renaming it Lyle Helen uh, Field is was a strong recommendation from the committee. Right, so at this point, uh, they are just recommendations, and part of the process is we want you, uh, residents of Moose Jaw, to let the Parks and Rec Advisory Committee know your thoughts on these. Mm -hmm. Again, the decision's far from being made, uh, and the final decision will be made by our city council, uh, and they have to weigh whatever recommendations come forward. I mean, they're, you know, hypothetically, you could get a consultation back over the next few days uh, from people saying these aren't good ideas, and at that point, there may be no recommendations going forward. I mean, we just don't know at this point. Right. So we really want the, you, as a resident, to let the Parks and Rec Advisory Committee uh, know your thoughts on these potential renaming of parks in Moose Jaw, uh, and then they'll take that information and weigh that with any recommendations they may or may not make uh, to City Council. Right, yes. And we, we've talked to the users, we've talked to some other groups, but we really want to hear the voice of the citizens of Moose Jaw, so that's what we're asking you to do here today. Just let us know what you think about the these two recommendations. And it's really easy then, uh, Scott, to get that feedback to the Parks and Rec Advisory Committee. Right. 
Just send an email to recreation at moosejaw.ca. Correct. Yeah, let us know. Uh, check out the website, again, moosejaw.ca. And yeah, that's right. Send the email to recreation at moosejaw.ca. Um, let me know what you think of that information, and we'll pass it on to those uh, members of the Parks and Recreation Advisory Committee and then the council. Yeah, if you go to moosejaw.ca, you'll see we do have the information on these recommendations there. We've got links to the, the naming policies. You can read up on that and, and get a feel for what that is about and, and if that may influence uh, your thoughts and feedback at all but yes please give us your input we need it by 5 p.m on tuesday march 6th is the cutoff to get those emails sent back to the parks and rec advisory committee so uh go to moosejaw.ca find the links and uh, let us know your feedback we'd really appreciate it anything else to add scott no just uh this again this is two exciting recommendations to uh two very important parks here in Moose Jaw, and so we would love to hear your insight on the new names of those two parks. Our thanks to Scott Osmachenko. Now let's get back to City Manager Jim Pufalt for part two of our discussion on the 2019 budget, which was passed, a 3.01% property tax increase for 2019. Many enhancements, including an employee active living program, allowing city employees free access to city facilities. Jim, something you were in favor of, correct? It certainly is. It, we believe it's huge. And again, uh, you should know I'm not that nice to give something away just that easily. And so certainly there's a lot of reasons to do this. And one of them, of course, is that sick time is, is a huge thing for us. You know, last week when we had all those water breaks, we had employees standing in, thir- in, in cold water, minus 20 degrees for hours and hours on end. And so anything we can do to help our employees be more active, to be healthier, to be able to take those hard, harsh conditions is better for us. Because if we can cut down on sick time, then we have the crews available to do the work. We're not trying to fill in positions and, and crews. And, you know, honestly, a lot of times when we're out working, sometimes you, for specific jobs, you need a certain number of people. And if you don't have those people, you can't do the job. So it's real important to keep our people working as much as possible. And so that's a way, if we can reduce sick time, that we have people back out in the street doing the work that needs to be done. It's a great recruiting tool. We talk to people that, you know, Moose is a tremendous place. We're going to look after you. We'll make sure you're paid fairly. And we also have an active living program that we can encourage you to stay healthy. And if you're not healthy, go get healthy because this is a great way to go about it. And so, and big picture wise, even when we're looking at straight dollars in this, it's employees only. And if you, uh, we consider that, uh, that some employees will bring their family members along to use the facilities. And of course, they'll have to pay. That's not free for anybody else. Um, and so we think it's going to be a net zero cost to the city, but just huge benefits across the board. And that's what we were talking about last night is big picture thinking on this is to uh, recruitment, keep people out of being sick, being out and able to work and get the job done um, and take advantage, not take advantage, but make sure we have our resources available as much as possible because, again, people get sick and we work in some pretty horrible conditions and they can be some pretty long hours for our, our poor people out in the streets sometimes. When there's snow removal and there's water breaks, we don't go home at 5 o'clock. We're there as long as we can possibly work. And again, the water breaks, we were going seven, eight days straight uh, without a break just to make sure that we try and get the work done and look after people the best we can. And, you know, we, we certainly appreciate people's patience because it's been just tremendous on any of the inquiries we've got from to the city have been, you know, thanks you guys for working so hard. We just want to know when we're not upset. And so that's, you know, tremendous. I mean, we again, can't thank the people enough in the community for being understanding. I mean, it is what it is. You see our press release. 
the breaks are there. There's reasons why they're happening. We don't we don't know the conditions that people faced back when the when the lines were built, and we don't know if they had money or not, and they just had to do the best they can with what they got. And so, we don't try and blame anybody. It's just this is what we're facing. We're letting people know that you know, if we had a way that we could fix all these water all the water lines and replace them, you know, in a year we'd try and do that. But it's just doesn't seem to, it's not possible it's just there's too many kilometers of lines that need to be line, done but again these are small little things that, that maybe uh, maybe look like a, a, a perk or something but really in the big picture it's part of our human resource planning to try and make sure we have people able to do the job and then when we get them keep them out working um Infrastructure work will continue uh, in 2019, of course, on, on a few different levels. And, and of course, Cast Iron uh, Replacement Program entering uh, phase number four, year number four, uh, funded again for uh, for this year. Of course, uh, you know, many people say, well, you know, could we could we fund it more? Could we fund it differently? Guys, how do you approach this huge project? Again, this has been your first year uh, coming in to, to see what how Cast Iron, uh, the program has operated. But how do you view that? Well, I think that we have to get to the level of kilometers that's required to finish this off in a reasonable time period. Um, I don't know what that reason, I don't know what's feasible and that's you know what we have to determine as we go forward. We want to make some changes to be, again, better at what we do. And so one of those is to look at new technologies like lining of lines. Um, if you have water mains, larger, large diameter ones that uh, don't have a whole bunch of cross connections, there's lots of communities, and I've been in the other communities I've worked in. We've we've lined those lines. You basically go into one uh, one manhole uh, with a unit. You run a plastic liner down the pipe. It expands out, and then you take advantage of the the cavity that's there already. You're not digging up the street. You're not replacing pavement. You're not recompacting. You don't have all those issues with construction. And so that's one way we want. That's one thing that we will want to look at is new technology. The second one is we want to. Uh, take advantage. We, we're paying about 12, 10 to 12 percent on engineering fees to do this work, and so we want to bring that in-house. We can drop that cost down to about 4 percent, and that 8 percent difference is money that we can put back into the the underground system. And, and um, with those two things, we're what we're trying to do, obviously, is to make better use of our money and get more kilometers done for the money that we have right now. I don't know if that is enough to get us to the the kilometers we need per year. And so we have to look at a number of other things. We are looking at trying to accumulate more money and getting the best results out of our, our reserve funds, which, I mean, we are so fortunate to have that much money in reserve that we can generate that much interest revenue out to fund capital. It's huge. Most other communities don't have reserves like this. So we are so fortunate that we have even the opportunity to look at you know, raising more money from interest to pay for that. So that's another one we look, want to look at. I think in the referendum in 2016, there was talk about an infrastructure levy. And so that's something we have to look at next year as well. And I mean, if we create an infrastructure levy, in my mind, it has to be solely a separate fund based to fund infrastructure work. And so whatever we would generate from that fund would stay in that fund. If we run a surplus one year, then we would keep the whatever money was left over and we apply it into next year. So I think with all those types of opportunities and being willing to take a look at different ways and being innovative and creative, we can get to that point. And so I think once we're able to take advantage and take a look at what all the resources and the opportunities we have, 
we can find what we actually need for cash to get to the point that we can do this in a certain time period and then we can ramp to that but I mean to go from zero to 60 doesn't always work and you and you know the city has done a great job over the past three years of getting the program started finding out how you're going to fund it and actually making some progress towards changing water mains and these are long-term programs I mean they're not going to be done 20 years is a good stretch to get rid of cast iron and if you look at North America wide that type of infrastructure deficit is everywhere we're not alone in this type of issue I think the issue here probably more so is we start a little bit later than other places but we're going to get there and we'll ramp up to get to the spot because it's you know we have some pretty passionate people on council that want to see us get up to that level and you know we as as staff we're on the same team with council we want to get to that level as well but we got to find a way that's affordable and we have to ensure that we are looking after everything in the community in a balanced approach we can't you know take all our resources and put it into one spot or, and because there's other needs in the community we have reservoir issues we have other issues that we have to look at so we can't put it all into one spot and that's what we're trying to do is take it you know make best use of the resources we have be innovative be creative and find ways to get up to that level and still do everything else that needs to be done because if you neglect one thing that's going to come back and bite you in the future City Manager Jim Pufault, any other final thoughts on the 2019 budget process or looking ahead to uh, the rest of this year and in 2020? Well, I'm pretty, uh, you know, pretty, as you know, I'm a pretty positive guy. I'm pretty excited to get the budget done. Um, and we've already got emails going out today saying, okay, this is what we need to get done. Let's get crack a lacking at it because, again, we're, in my mind, we're two months short of the time we should have had to be able to get this work done. And again, it is what it is. That's how long it took us to get it done. But I think we're quite a bit earlier than we were in previous years. Uh, my understanding is we were 40, 65 million hours before. <laughs> but we're down to, I think we're down to 20 hours this year's budget, which is, I think, fairly good compared to the other communities I've worked in. So, you know, we're to that level. And so we just got to find a way to get us done before Christmas. And, you know, we did a lot of, uh, I think, new things this year. And we're asked to do some reports. That took some time, quite honestly. And, uh, you know, I think it is what it is. We got the work done. We got it back to council. We did our job. And it was up to council to decide what they wanted to do with it. And that's, you know, that's how we work together as a team is we make our best recommendations. Council decides and away we go. And that's what's happened here. So I'm pretty excited about the process. I think we can be uh, more expedient and uh, and. Uh, summarize a lot of the information to to be able to work through because I mean pages and binders that we have is pretty huge stuff I mean obviously we need to have that information to support why we're recommending something or why we're budgeting something we need to have that information but is there a way that we can give council a summary of that knowing that the full data is there if they want to see that binder it's there you can anytime we'll provide you that data uh, I think we're looking towards having a lot of that online so it doesn't have to be a binder and then you know, council will have that information. We can always refer to it. I, th you know, there's ways that I think we can get better. And again, if we work in team teamwork with par in partnership with council, um, and uh, we'll find a way to make it more expedient for everybody. Our thanks to Jim Pufault, City Manager for the City of Moose Jaw. And that will do it for Episode 2 of the Notorious Jawcast, the official podcast of the City of Moose Jaw, Canada's most notorious city. 
Have an idea of a topic we should cover on a future episode? Let me know. See Hemingway at moosejaw.ca. I'm Craig Hemingway, and thanks for listening.